now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings, happy Monday. Thanks for tuning into the Steve Day Show podcast for Westwood One. I am Steve Day. Todd and Aaron are here with me. Hope you had a great weekend. All the dads out there enjoyed their Father's Day. I enjoyed mine. Got out to see Incredibles, Incredibles 2. We're not going to do a full review yet. Don't want to spoil it for the people who haven't seen it yet. Todd, you have seen it, correct? I did with my family last night. It's excellent. It is excellent. I mean, I just saw the first one yesterday. We are doing a week of community outreach stuff at our church this week. And our family, our family volunteered to host the movie night at the community center that our church built. And uh, uh, I picked The Incredibles for the movie because the sequel's out this weekend and it's obviously family friendly. And it's hard to believe we've waited 15 years for the sequel. It's my all-time favorite animated movie is the first Incredibles. And watching it again last night, I'm reminded of what a masterpiece it was. I don't think this one is quite that good, but that's a little bit like saying Beethoven's Sixth Symphony is not any good. You know, after you've listened to the fifth, you know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, that's that's not a pejorative. It, this is a legitimately great food film. You will enjoy it immensely. And it is, at times, overtly conservative like the original. I mean, when you, wait till you see who the reveal of the villain is and, and, and what they sneer at in the movie. And... It's I, like it's like we wrote the script, okay? I was looking around the theater, like, am I am many, I being punked right getting, now? How is this? Yes. If everybody's seeing what I'm seeing, who else is getting this? By yes. the way, right? Yeah. So uh, hopefully, get out to see Incredibles too. It blew away all of its projections at the box office, like way away, way away. Had a great weekend. Uh, you're escaping the heat. Hopefully, you checked out our show today for CRTV. If you've not had a chance to do so yet, you want to be a CRTV subscriber, crtv.com, promo code DACE, use my last name, D-E-A-C-E, and you'll get a discounted subscription. What kind of a discount? How about like a quarter a day, 25 cents a day is all it will cost you to watch our show and every single show that everybody does and has ever done for CRTV, just a quarter a day. And, And let's give the audience a preview of what's coming up on CRTV. Todd, we've got our big exclusive interview with Ted Cruz, right? Uh, we had that, and uh, he did uh, talk about uh, the immigration debate, uh, as did we. Um, you know, I'm just kind of, can we like can this decision, whatever, is get out of the way so I can just like get on with really not caring about election 2018 because it it seems it could be a nail in the coffin either way. Yeah, I mean, essentially, if the Republicans are going to sign on to register millions of Democrat voters, then why do we care? Why why would you want someone to win more than they do? You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is literally like your favorite college football coach of your favorite team. Turning away recruits and giving them to your rivals. I I mean, would you put up with that? I won't. Would would you put up, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota is the big rivalry, right, for you guys, right? Yeah. That's the big one, historically. It's the longest concurrent rivalry in the Midwest, right? Yes, the X. All right. What would happen? How would you feel if you found out Paul Chris was just calling up PJ Fleck and saying, "Hey, you know, um, you guys should. We're not going to take these guys 
uh, you should let him play for your team. Uh, so you guys can beat us. How would you feel about that? Oh, that would be a no. Yeah. That's essentially what amnesty is for the Republicans, right? That's what we talked about today on CRTV. What stood out to you, Aaron? Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, and we didn't talk about it at the time, but um, I think we finally broke Chris Pandolfo. Yes, he is. He's been assimilated. Yeah. His normal uh, enthusiasm, yeah. his normal don't give up the fight, hold the rope. Yeah. Did you guys notice on the round table today there was none of that? Well, you asked him, you're the one, you're the one, Chris, who's always yeah. saying uh, don't give up the fight. Um, what would you say to X, Y, and Z? You won't believe his answer. Yeah, he, you won't. It was very meh. <laughs> well, you can watch it today at CRTV.com. Promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E, will indeed Republicans pass, help the Democrats impeach Trump in 2019 act, and will the president sign it? We get into all of that today over at CRTV.com. Promo code DACE, just a quarter a day, and you'll get access to all of our shows each day at CRTV, including us and the great one, Mark Levin, and so much more. All right, let's get to today's podcast. It's Monday, so some weekend news and views, some some headlines that we're going to have Aaron get into here in just a few moments. But I got to begin with what I watched on my Twitter feed over the weekend. Did you guys, and I'm not asking, or I, I don't demand it, I'm just curious. How much do you guys follow what I do and don't do over the weekend on social media? Are you kind of like, I'm out, it's family time, I don't care. You, know, you get both. Monday through Friday and then that's it. Yeah, it's both for me. Which I'm okay with, by yeah. the way. I just I wanted to I want to know how familiar you are with this before I set In this, this up. particular one, I'm not, but it also just depends on the weekend and what I'm doing. Okay. So I I was sitting around Saturday and I didn't go in this was not four dimensional chess, right? I, I didn't intend for this to happen. When I saw the reaction is when my four-dimensional chess part of the brain kicked in and said, ah, we got a live one here. I'm going full Danny DeVito and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Hit me, hit me, hit me. I just kept I just kept hitting the, the, the double down button on the slot machine. Because <laughs> I just, I was flabbergasted watching the reaction to this. And maybe I should not be. Todd's going to tell me I should not have been. Try to tell you all along. Give up the sh- stop, stop trying to talk to these people. Okay, so uh, I have been watching plenty of people on the right, some on the right, everybody on the left, using this talking point that's been going on all this week with the whole issue with the border, um, which we went through this once before in 2014 and 2015 under Obama. It wasn't the exact policy. But it was the exact same enforcement. All right, I want to make sure I clarify that. Obama had this issue of, of all these children at the border because he was sending signals that we were going to have a mass amnesty. And so a whole bunch of people went to the border thinking, I got to get in, man, before the clock runs out, right? I'm going to turn into a pumpkin at midnight. And so Obama sort of dangled that out there, and there was this surge and we had parents sending unaccompanied minors, and then children are being separated from their parents because their parents are trying to get into the country illegally. So it was not the same policy that the Trump administration has had. It's the same enforcement mechanism. The Obama administration attempted to do all the same things to figure out who's here illegally, who's seeking asylum, whatnot, that we saw with the Trump era right now. 
And this is why when this first began with Trump a couple of months ago, remember the liberal media was putting out all these pictures of children at the border? Yes. Yeah. And it turned out they were all from 2014 and 2015. And they had to admit that or, or just scrub it from their Twitter accounts and act like they never posted it. You guys remember we had that talk yep. Probably the a few weeks ago? Probably yep. the latter, right. So I, I've been watching this debate go on. And, and this talking point is driving me nuts. And you guys know me well enough to know that I will sometimes attack positions I even agree with if I think the argument is dumb, right? You guys have seen me do that. I just, I can't do dumb. I can't handle dumb. I can't handle it. It's like I see dumb and I must attack it. I have to confront it. It's an impulse. I'm the victim here. If you guys, if some of you weren't so dumb, I would just be a much better person, basically. (laughs) But when I see dumb, I, 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 I see dumb and I think something must be done about that. I just can't stand dumb arguments. There was no great motivation, no great plan. I'm sitting around on a Saturday, hanging out with the with the two youngest kids. The oldest is 17 with a car now, so it's like I don't have a. It's like we're down a kid. Like she's home, like you know, never now. Um, the wife had a girls' night out on Father's Day weekend, so that was cool, you know. So, but I enjoy immensely hanging out with Zoe and Noah. So we hung out. We were watching shows. Went to Cracker Barrel, right? Okay, that's you know because they like that. Cracker Barrel. They like pancakes for breakfast. Okay, and you know in between watching stuff and talking to the kids, with no great strategy or intent or motivation, I I tweeted out um, the following. We separate children from their parents when we send them off to war or imprison them. So while this is a nice talking point, it's a terrible argument. That's what I tweeted out. That's all, that's, that's all I tweeted out. I mean, I just, I, you know me, I just reached, I reached my max threshold of tolerance with this dumb talking point. And I just, enough, enough of this now. We separate children from their parents all the time. The idea that it's blanket it's a blanket wrong to separate children from their parents is a stupid talking point. I mean, I don't know. There were times I was kind of I was getting abused when I was growing up. I wouldn't have minded somebody separating me from my stepdad. Planned Parenthood separates about, you know, a few hundred thousand kids from their parents every single year. One limb at a time. Preach. When we send families, when we send people the soldiers to war, the kids are separated from their parents. Right? We do this in a million other contexts. So this idea that it's blanket wrong to send children to separate parents from their children is nuts. It's just a, it's a bad talking it's it, it's a it's a nice talking point but it's a bad argument. And that's all I was addressing was the argument. Can you see that in the tweet that I made? Can you see that in the tweet I put out there? Does it seem does it does it seem obvious to you what I was doing? It seems like it was a match that like on a dry pile of leaves. That's what it seems like. <laughs> well, that's what it turned out to be. Yes. Okay. I I will admit, just for all on, I saw, I saw you were responding to a bunch of lefties. A bunch of lefties were losing their mind, uh, and taken out of context of the rest of your tweets. It could have seemed like you were just offhand equivocating those two things. 
but it was actually you were trying to make the point that it's you're doing the opposite it, uh, you were trying to make the point that it's stupid to equivocate those yes things. now I will even grant your point. I'm not a major superstar. I have a following. That's why I get paid to do this. But I'm not, we're not Mark Levin or Michelle Malkin or Steven Crowder. There's a reason we're other programming around here. Okay. You know, we're like that. We're, you know, we almost have as many viewers as SportsCenter. We're closing in fast. <laughs> that's actually true. Does that mean we're woke? <laughs> it means they're asleep. That's what it means. It, they're, they're asleep. But, you know, we are we are a vital cog of the machine here. You know, if I look at, like, my favorite all-time baseball team, the 1984 Detroit Tigers, right? We're not all-star catcher Lance Parrish. That's probably your cleanup hitter. That's your Mark Levin. We're not this up-and-coming two-way 30-30 guy, Kirk Gibson, who was just getting in to his prime at that time, right? That's probably your Steven Crowder. We're not your grizzled veteran, uh, perennial all-star, winningest pitcher of the decade, Jack Morris. That might be your Michelle Malkin, right? The original pioneer of building a, 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 a mostly online platform. She's one of the trailblazers in conservative media. She did that with her blog, right? I know what we are. Okay. We might be, you know... Um, Dan Petrie, just solid starter. You know, we're not we're not the flash in the pan, Willie Hernandez, with that one MVP season and then nothing after that. I I was kind of thinking like Chet Lemon. I was thinking like the mascot. It's what everybody comes for. It's what we stand for, but we're not making any money. Okay, I was I was I was not even alive in '84. Quite that self-deprecating. Even even my self-deprecation has limits. I have some modicum of pride. No, okay. I was thinking more Chet Lemon, occasional All Star. Right, um, a guy you put in center field, whether it was with the White Sox before that, he was on good White Sox mm-hmm. teams and the Tigers, and great a, table setter in yeah, the leadoff. Position. A guy that's necessary for a winning team. Yeah. You don't build a team around him. He's not your star player, but he's that guy that you put in a position. And you know what? I just put him there, and I know he won't do anything really dumb. Might do a spectacular catch here or there. Hit me about twenty knocks a year, seventy-five, eighty RBIs. And he's my sixth or seventh hitter, right? And that's on a really good team. That's a nice luxury to have. Do you think that's fair? Yeah. That's kind of. I think we're the Chet Lemon of my '84 Tigers. He lost yeah. everybody, but I agree. Okay. So I just wanted to impress you. <laughs> hey, right? you got me. You're, you're with the with the baseball. If I if I've impressed you, I'm going to go with it. Okay. So so I, I can't take for granted that all these lefties responding to me. You know, no, knew the context that I was addressing, right? So that's why I, I tried originally to address them back honestly. I'm like, I, I'm not advocating for this policy. I have never advocated for this policy. There is no one on the, guys. Have you ever heard me on the, ever go on the record to publicly advocate for separating an immigration policy of separating no. children from parents? You ever heard me say anything, type anything? Aaron's worked me for, worked me for almost three years now. No. Todd, it's almost five years now for you. Have you heard anything from this? Nope, never. Never. Not in my tweet does it do this. Because I originally I'm like, why are they accusing me of a moral equivalency? I actually think you're the ones drawing the moral equivalency. By saying that it's a blanket wrong to remove children from their parents, you're saying that this is on par with what happens in the military or with people who commit violent crimes. And we said, right, you're the ones drawing the right. moral equivalency. I'm pointing out, stop doing that. It's a bad argument. You're undermining your own argument. Because a lot of people are like, I don't know, we separate parents from their kids all the time. We do that all the time. Why is that a bad argument? 
That's all I was trying to do. So at first, I kind of thought, okay, I'll, I'll correct a few people. And it didn't work. It didn't matter how many corrections. Now, um, in order to stay awake during certain parts of the evening, because I was getting kind of tired, I decided just to keep engaging people because it kept my mind going so I wouldn't fall asleep on the kids, right? So you guys know, I also have this policy, like after three times, I just move on, right? That's kind of my rule of three. I probably issued like 25, 30 responses. Uh, that's not what I said. You, you, if you saw this, Aaron, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Because I just, I was curious, will anybody get this? Well, was there not one? And I, and I was primarily dealing with lefties with blue check marks. Like, I'm not talking for the, unless I can make a great point that I, or a point I think is great. I'm not, I'm not dealing with, you know, uh, uh, Marx is my homeboy 46 on Twitter. I'm not talking to that guy. I'm dealing primarily with verified check mark, blue check mark people on Twitter. At some point, will anybody figure out? I never, ever advocated for this. I just thought, I think your argument's bad. Even when I point that out, answer was no. And then it went to, I start getting invaded by lefties in, from blue, with blue check marks, claiming that I was, I, was, I was talking about how we send children off to war. Now, let me, let me look at this sentence construction. I, I think I'm pretty good with the English language. I've, I've been published in some major periodicals. I've sold thousands of books. I mean, I'm not a New York Times best-selling author, but you know, I, I did sell one to have you know adapted into a motion picture because a few people read it. You know, I've been I've been published in USA Today as the most read newspaper in the United States numerous times. I, I think I have some grasp of the English language, some grasp, right? We separate children from their parents when we send them off to war or imprison them. So while this is a nice talking point, it's a terrible argument. I know our academic standards ain't what they used to be here, guys. But the pronoun, and I know the, I know the left's pronoun thing is just isn't working out for them right now. I get that, okay? But the pronoun them follows the antecedent parents, right? We separate children from their parents when we send them, them. The word them, come, does it come after children or parents in the, in the sentence I wrote? Children from their parents. Comes after parents. Yes. Which means the antecedent of them is what? Parents. The antecedent, is the word, the pronoun is a substitute sure. for, is parents. I think that's pretty obvious, don't you? Right. I had lefties with blue check marks with hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers. Like two, three, four times what I have. Trying to make the point that I was claiming we send children off to war. Can you tell me how it, I want, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt for not knowing my particular off-brand version of analysis that I, even if I'd agree with your argument, I think, but your point, but I think your argument's dumb. I'm going to, I'm going to say so on this one. I didn't get this one at all. How could you possibly, and then I thought maybe it's one or two people just being obtuse. It was like 76 people guys, just blue check mark after blue check mark after blue check mark. Well, to me, it, it speaks to what progressives tend to always do uh, with their argumentation and their rhetoric. Uh, And I think it was intentional over time, but I think they are devolving into it now just being their default position. They just, whatever the worst possible interpretation of your Christian slash conservative argument can possibly be, whatever whatever gloss, that's what it's going to be. I... I am, 
you know we've had this conversation in other contexts the last couple of years. I, I am resisting the temptation to do this to a, a large segment of the American people because if we go down this road, man, that's a <laughs> right. That's a bridge to nowhere for a people. Okay. I couldn't come up with another conclusion. There's, there, Occam's Razor told me, guys, there's only two possibilities here. The very the, the staunchest advocates of government education are in and of themselves proving why it's a mass failure because they're this illiterate. They're this dumb. Real smart people and like legions of them. It wasn't like two or three people. You know, I'm, I'm the consultant when you hire me and you tell me, oh man, I can't take that tough conservative stance. I'm getting killed on my email right now. I will literally ask you how many emails did you get. Where are they from? Because most of the time mm-hmm. it's like five, five people email sure. me. If this, was, if this didn't go on for like seven hours with people with blue check marks, we would not be talking about this right now. Because I'll tell you right now, here where we live in Des Moines, 50-50 congressional district, the kind of district that's going to determine who runs Congress this November. If we went over to the Jordan Creek Mall, one of the most popular haunts in this congressional district right now, and just grabbed people regardless of profiling them randomly and asked them, what do you think about uh, the, what's going on right now at the border? I guarantee you 85, 90% of them have no clue. Don't know. Yep. Don't know. I guarantee they don't know. And it's it's... It's because, one, it's summer. Two, they're so tired of being told they have to be outraged by what happens beyond their own self-interest that they're kind of like, I, what's in, I don't care. And, and you told me net neutrality would kill me, tax cuts would kill me, Trump would, everything's going to kill me. Now that we have an actual crisis, I, I, I don't care. I've, I'm moving on. I've, you know, I'm school shopping early for my kids because there's a sale at... Uh, at Yonkers, which is going out of business now. But you know what I'm saying? That's what would happen. Mm-hmm. Do we agree that's what it would be? Yeah. So I can promise you political Twitter cares 100 100 times more than the average middle American America does. Or middle America American does. Um, which is why I'm not, you know, Twitter's not America. But if I had not seen, I mean, major publications, one guy from MTV News, because I looked, who am I responding to? I was blown away. And there would be no risk, and, and like there could be no engagement. I, I didn't advocate for your policy or this policy. One, one woman, you're a racist. I'm, well, actually, the proper term is xenophobe. If you want to attack me, the proper term is xenophobe. But actually, Trump is practicing the exact same enforcement mechanism that Obama used last time we had this problem with a different policy four or five years ago, three or four years ago. Where were you then? Why didn't you hate it then? No response. I, I don't want to believe. I really don't. I'm doing everything in my power, particularly because I think as a Christian, I have a, <laughs> I think as Christians, we have a very, we have a higher threshold than the rest of this planet when it comes to writing people off. Because our worldview is about it begins with a Lord who left 99 behind to find the one lost sheep, right? Now, he does say eventually, kick the dust off your sandals and move on, right? There does come a point, we all agree, there comes a point where you're like, they're just, they're just that far gone. But, you know, I, I kind of think jo- Jonah gets sent to Nineveh before we do that, you know? I mean, I, I really don't want to go to the place where there are just large pockets of people 
that are just so far gone, they won't even call you a xenophobe anymore, a racist anymore. They literally are just, will purposefully or willfully misinterpret your comments. And then not listen to any attempt. And I was going out of my way to be polite, which I think, you know, is not easy for me to do. But it was like talking to a brick wall. And I just kept doing it as a thought experiment, basically, for hours. And I was like, if this is, does this say, is this what social media is? Or is this what this pocket of Americana is? Or is a little bit of both, guys? What do you think? It's both, but it, it it's what progressivism is even without social media. I, I if this is you're describing a mob, and yeah. and they behave like uh, no they, answer will be accepted other than bring those men out yeah. so we can have our way with them. Yep. No compromise, right. no half measure, nothing now, else other than our own lust must be satisfied at any cost. Right, and that that was mobbish uh behavior that was pagish mob and behavior um but now we're, we're talking about uh, you you're the one who's talked uh, a lot about how progressivism is a cult well you you don't need to be uh a cultish to i mean mob behavior can take place in just a bunch it, it happens at you know sports events where people just get lost mm-hmm. in mass behavior mm-hmm. but then you add that propensity for getting lost in it with uh, the cult mindset, which is already there, that hive mind, uh, it, it is, it, 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 this cannot just be dumped uh, on social media. Um, and I feel strongly about that, and it's why the doctrine of he who is dumbest last loses is, is so powerful, because you, you just described every day on some level, getting worse between now and November, brother. This is why the guy who just told you Twitter's not America asked this question because I didn't get one single lefty with a blue check mark. Not one of them. Dozens of them were retweeting this, responding. One guy who's a columnist at the Boston Globe. I responded, I go, Do you guys not have editors there? That's not your, this is not what I said. Not a single one of them ever came back to me. Not one. You. Came you back sound, to me and said, you know what, thanks for clarifying that. You sound like you're Abraham negotiating with God before he destroys yes. everything. Like, any, anybody? Yes. Anybody? Yeah. Because when we're talking, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I've, been, I've compared this to the crowd outside of Lot's house. How many years have you heard me make that comparison? Well, if we're at the point that this is no longer a prophecy, but it's a fulfillment, if, it, if it's, it's a metaphor living itself out right before our very eyes. Sulfur's fallen soon. I, I mean, is there nobody here that would, that would, that if given the chance to leave town and turn away from what this, what this has become, would take us up on it? Is the answer no? Not one of them, not one of them was willing to engage me honestly on this. People with blue check marks and large platforms screenwriters, Hollywood directors, Emmy award-winning television producers. We're all in this group of people. I've never seen a level of groupthink like this in cognitive dissonance ever. Not not even the worst of air time of the fake Russian bot Trump cult accounts with Pepe the Frog during the primary that made me just rip what was you know, my five head out, okay? This was this was beyond because these are like checkmarked people now. 
This wasn't, you know, cucks are us on Twitter, you know, with this Pepe the Frog guy that you're not even sure now. It wasn't a Russian bot or a real person. These were real people with real sizable platforms far beyond what Twitter following I have in many cases. And not one of them was willing to meet me at face value as a fellow human being. And that's why, and I've said this in different contexts before, and I keep saying it usually to take a little flack off you and so you don't have to, but this is why the book of Joshua and the reclaiming of the land and what that took, why it makes... It, when I was a younger man, I, was, I couldn't wrap my brain... My, I couldn't wrap my heart around it. Like, That's how? the issue. Now I can. I, I totally get it. Got it. Moving on. Next... I, this that's that used to be one of the, t- the the hard lessons that that's easy now i'm moving on to other things what do you think about this aaron i mean you're the social media generation what mm-hmm. say you um yeah i mean i i i'm not trying to be contrarian here i'm, I'm really not when i first saw your tweet um i the, the, the the way them could refer to both the parents and the child. Now, I think it's foolish to just jump to conclusions and assume that you were, one, equivocating the two practices of, self, you know, of, of separating children, and two, um, much less advocating for it, using it as a justification for that practice. Nowhere in that tweet did you say that. You just said it's a terrible standard. Um, but I can I can see how people in this environment jump to conclusions and uh, try to jump to your motivations right away with the way that okay guys Twitter is a terrible terrible place to try to have any substantive discourse about any complicated issue also poop stinks and the sky is blue it's just it's going to happen that's to be expected I'm not t- trying to dump a cold water upon this entire conversation steve but that's just my take on it okay i'll i'll, I'll grant if you don't know me you would I, I don't i can see why you might immediately assume i was making making the moral equivalency i'll grant that because i don't i don't do things the way so many people in this industry on either side of the aisle do them all right this I don't see how anyone could read that tweet and believe that them was referring to kids. I, I, I don't. But even beyond that, once I was willing to engage people with, to clarify, it, it, didn't, it didn't matter. I almost wonder if it's not even, if we're taking, if it's even something more basic than that. It's just a mob looking for a straw man. Yeah. And uh, that they can, you know, uh, uh, ratio to death. Like one guy's like, oh, you're going to get owned on ratios. I'm like, I don't even know what that means, number one. But number two, uh, I looked it up. I, I, I know what it means now. I did not know what it means at the time. <laughs> number two, I'm like, uh, so why, why do I care? I mean, that and that does, what, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? <laughs> Nothing. Who cares what the ratio is of replies to retweets? I, I don't know. Twitter throws me in jail and I get kicked off of Twitter. Okay, well, I mean, I guess my family probably would appreciate that, I would imagine. You know, they're probably rooting for me to put up obnoxious, offensive stuff to, so they, so dad will stop using Twitter as much. I, I, I Maybe this is just a, something even more basic, which might even be worse. 
we don't even care. We just were looking for straw men that we could share and retweet uh, in order to, you know, feed the the social justice warrior mob. Just needed the fire needed some kindling. You know what I'm saying? Just you know, just the twigs laying around. We're just going to throw you into the fire. Yep. I, I just found it. I, I just found it a fascinating thought exercise. So, but the guy from the social media generation says, "I'm thinking too much about it, taking it too seriously, and it's not that big a deal." So let's move on. What else happened over the weekend, Aaron? Um, Pope Francis. He provided some clarification. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. No, this is true. Uh, over the last few days, he's actually said some things that are out of the ordinary for Pope Francis. We'll start with a story from IOL. And the headline says, Pope Francis says gay couples cannot be considered families. That's one headline. The other headline from the Associated Press, Pope, abortion is white glove equivalent to Nazi crimes. In that conversation, he was speaking off the cuff to a meeting of Italian family associations. He ditched his prepared marks in that statement to speak from his heart, according to the story. So I will uh, defer to a resident Catholic, Todd. Uh, that's That was surprising. It was a good surprise, actually, for once. Oh, this just confirms kind of what I've been trying to say when I am deferred to as the resident Catholic about uh, Pope Francis. It does, is he... What a left of center Catholic, uh, undeniably so. Um, but as I said on the television show today, you can't, you, you, the, whatever Pope uh, we get within the Catholic Church is, is never going to be the Unitarian minister, ne- never going to happen. Uh, and he's also never going to be the. Uh, you guys, I asked you on the show today, help me. The, the, the standalone Schaefer. Bible church. Um, there's always going to, it's 2,000 years of church theology, church history, uh, with all of the monastic movements, scholastic movements. It's all thrown in. And there's always going to be a somebody viewed as a very conservative Orthodox pope who says something that is going to make uh, a very conservative evangelicals kind of like, well, I'm not so sure about that and there's going to be every uh, every uh, left of center pope is going to say something conservative that's going to make um uh, all of the lefties who are hoping he, he brings in uh the age of aquarius they're going to say oh but we I, what happened we had so much hope it's neither one is ever going to have he said uh while i understand it's it's been a while uh but the man has said uh, incredible things um before about the existence of the devil and his control over our lives in the very same uh, uh, evangel uh, in, in the uh, very same treatises uh, uh, that he's uh, written the ones that have just been made a laughing stock because of its odes to environmentalism but within those very same letters there is beautiful orthodoxy um, uh, that is unfortunately the nature of the beast of course with this press the orthodoxy gets uh uh lost in the shuffle um and i don't mean we should be excusing the stuff i never i've never once excused it on the show but none of this shocks me uh and when he when a pope who says i just spoke from his heart you know other times we talked about when he said something about what the kid who 
it wasn't just a while ago. A kid, he whispered in something in his ear, and it was reported about what his his parents, yeah, his, his dad, dad died in got, sin yep. or something like that. And, mm-hmm. he, and he was talking about whether or not he's in heaven and how that got reported. Well, um, I just, th- none of this surprises me. I pray that we hear more of this and instead of this being viewed by the uh, both the church uh specifically catholic broadly christian and everybody else i hope this becomes more the rule than the exception well i wanted to make sure we included this in our montage in our podcast today because we have been adamant about pointing out when the pendulum has swung the other way yes and i i, I think we need to make sure that uh we didn't create a straw man here the other reason I wanted to make sure we included this in the podcast today is because I, I drew a comparison uh, to someone, to a usurper in the evangelical movement, uh, and I compared Pope Francis to him. And while, because I believe in total depravity, I will leave open the possibility that comparison may turn out to be true in the past, in the future, just because I have a blanket belief that there's no limits to the depths of human nature for any of us. But in this specific case, the analogy I drew between Rob Bell and the Pope the last time we had this conversation has been proven false, and I wanted to make sure I addressed that because— He gave you a lot of rope to do so, though. He 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 did, did. and I appreciate you giving me an out and not taking it exceedingly personal when I played that card. Not at all Because from my perspective, I think I've been— abundantly patient before going down such a, a draconian road. But you can throw the that sort of Rob Bell level of usurper out of the conversation because here's what here's what you would have never heard from Rob Bell even before he revealed himself as a heretic. He would not have said the stuff the Pope said about those issues over the weekend. See the way the way guys, the way hatchet men operate, they never, they never clothe themselves in orthodoxy. They find the gray areas of orthodoxy so they can begin using the phrase, did God really say? You know, And then when you push back on them, they'll say, well, we're just having a conversation. We're just asking questions so that they can then uh, plot, uh, plant their flag in the gray areas so they can begin to expand the gray area into areas where there is no gray so that they build enough of a following that when they reveal who they truly are, that they were always enemies of any vestige of orthodoxy whatsoever. They've built a following based on their particular style and cult of personality that they're immune from complete and total irrelevancy once the forked tongue comes out because they've, they've got a, a group, bunch of groupies that will f- still find some way to overlook the fact that the serpent is showing you who he really is. You wouldn't have, if you go back, Rob Bell would not have said what the Pope said about abortion in the 90s when he was first establishing himself, let alone now, let alone after revealing himself to be a hack. Then, no, would have never done that. Never in a million years. Because it would have turned his, the very base of people he wants to virtue signal from the, in, in the first place would have turned him against him for, for trying to attempt to redraw that line. You see what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah. So I, I think. Maybe we should just make it more simple where Pope Francis is concerned. That he's not a transformational figure one way or the other. Um, he's just a bad pope. 
just bad at navigating the political um the political landscapes of the day that you're right when you have a bureaucracy along the lines of what you're talking about in various traditions and constituencies under a large umbrella there is a certain level of massaging and he has shown a propensity to give the benefit of the doubt to one and massaging one side over the other but um a wolf in sheep's clothing never uses this kind of language ever never does it looks to looks always looks to talk about things other than moral orthodoxy always before showing you they were never for any form of moral orthodoxy whatsoever you know what i'm saying yes yeah so i i think we just maybe should just settle on the fact that he's just a flawed dude and may not be up for the task of the times he is called to confront nothing more nothing less and if I may, it would be, I, I, I just want to plant the seed because what you just kind of laid out with direct, without directly alluding to it is um, why the Catholic Church uh, will hold up the power of what papal infallibility actually means. It, it's not, it's not thus spoke the Pope on anything and everything. It's, it's, it's actually... The default protection, like he's a mortal man with feet of clay, like anything, it can get off the wall. But when it really matters, there's an absolute here and no further. Why you can count on a baseline orthodoxy to kick to kick in, um, and it won't ever turn in to Rob Bell. It might be messy. Yeah, Rob it Bell might be is confusing. never comparing abortionists with Nazi concentration camps. Right. You know, it's a good comparison. Right. He'll never do that because the audience that he's always attempted to impress and genuflect to, there's a, a sizable portion of that, especially in this internet age, that will never forgive that. Like, you can't ever take... You, there's not enough environmentalist virtue signaling in a Prius in your upcoming movie you could ever do to just... Look at Chick-fil-A. Hey, we apologize. We're sorry that we used to support marriage and we're not doing political stuff anymore. And we'll even go over to the Pulse nightclub after that terrible, awful shooting in Orlando at the gay club. And we'll make a special exception and serve on a Sunday in order to serve the least of these. Uh, You're still the devil, right? Right. So a Rob Bell is never, ever going to... There's never a point where where Rob Bell says, well, here's where I disagree with the Dalai Lama. Never never says that. He's only going to show you where he disagrees with orthodoxy. Because you're not his intended audience. His audience has always been to bring the world into the church. Because he's a heretic. That's always been his. That's always been what he is. I think what you're dealing here is just with a highly political pope who has is, is placed more of an emphasis on the political realities of his office than the prophetic calling of it. And in that respect, he's really just like the vast majority of Republicans that you've ever voted for. Who would who would much? I think he's more Mitch McConnell or Paul Ryan, who's Catholic. I'll go with that. I think he's more Paul Ryan, uh, more than way, Herod. Yeah, way more Paul. I think Ryan he, I think he's McConnell. just more interested in having, uh, in, in 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 you know having Rachel Maddow say, well, you know, maybe he's not as bad as the other Republicans than he is actually, um, you know, leading a flat out heretical movement. Do you think that's fair? Uh. Yeah, 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 more or less. I mean, it's not unfair. Um, it's it's needless. Here's what it's we can become say. needlessly complex. It, 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 that's a great way of putting it. And I'll simply add, 
It's not the comparison and analogy that I drew before. We can rule that out. Yeah. That's not that. I was wrong about that. Now it remains to be seen what it might actually be. Yeah. <laughs> Unnecessarily complex. Yeah. Does this mean you're suspending your campaign for uh, being Pope, Todd? Oh, you were, well, you it's not my campaign. The it, it will, but he you, will, will accept you, the will responsibility if offered. It will never will be my campaign. The, but, will yeah. you denounce the grassroots efforts by a group of extremists <laughs> to make you the Pope? Perfect. No, I, I will because I will never denounce the Holy Spirit. Nice. Well played. Good All job. Right, next. Um, you want to go to the kicker or to immigration? Let's do the, Im- the immigration thing really quick. Okay, so this policy, <laughs> <laughs> really quick. Really quick. I, I, it will Five be really hours quick. later. <laughs> uh, back in April, a zero tolerance policy on illegal immigration was put forth by the White House and the Department of Justice. That policy included a provision which separates children from their parents or legal guardians because those adults have been referred to the Department of Homeland Security for persecu- or prosecution. The measure was supposed to have been temporary, but apparently Border Patrol and the Department of Homeland Security as a whole have been overwhelmed by the sheer number of those crossing the border. From April 19th to the end of May, 1,995 children have been separated from their parents. Jeff Sessions used Romans 13 to defend the policy. Due to the Apostle Paul and his clear and wise command in Romans uh, 13 to obey the laws of the government because God has ordained ordained the government. And that, of course, is true if it's just law, which that's very, very fuzzy to say uh, best about this policy. Of course, the fact that he quoted any part of the Bible at all threw most of left-wing Twitter and left-wing media into a tizzy. Here's Ali Velshi. Is that how you say his name from MSNBC? Religion, not in business. This is important to say because we're about to go to church. Sticking with the spirit of what would Jesus do, we actually did dig through the Bible to find passages that lent themselves to the current border practice of separating migrant children from their parents. And And he continues to go on and list a bunch of Bible verses, including the one that uh, from Matthew nineteen fourteen, but Jesus said, "Suffer the little children and forbid them not to come unto me." Of course, Jesus is not talking about immigration in that verse. He continued to cherry pick a bunch of verses from the Bible as well. Um, and then there was the ex CIA chief, General Michael Hayden, who compared this policy, which has separated almost two thousand children from their parents this year, to the Holocaust of World War Two. So it was just, it was okay. Everything was okay this weekend. All good here. Nothing to see here. How are you? Well, on our Facebook wall today, we have a special video confronting many of these lies uh, about what the Bible does and doesn't say about immigration. I'm not going to rehash it. I'd urge the audience here on our podcast to go and watch it today. Uh, our Our Theology Thursday later this week is going to be a follow up to this conversation. All right, we'll we'll close any any loose ends. So um, I'm not I'm either I'm not either going to get ahead of ourselves for Thursday nor repeat what we did already for Facebook today. I do want to say because we didn't address Sessions' comments yet, um, that is not a, a proper exegetical analysis of Romans 13. It does not say to do whatever government tells you to do. How do I know that? Who wrote those words, by the way? Who Paul, wrote them? Paul, who did. was sentenced what, what to death to Paul? by the Roman government. Yeah, Nero beheaded Paul. Yeah. Why did he behead them? Why did he behead him? Because Paul would not do what the Roman government said to do. What did the Roman government say to do? 
Stop being stop Christian. stop being a Christian. Stop preaching about Jesus. Did Paul say, well, you know, the, we have to obey the laws, respect the government? So, uh, no. No, so that's an improper. Yep, Romans 13 includes the phrase, give honor to those who are due honor. Give Pay taxes to those who are, pay, who are due taxes. Let the only debt you have be the love you show for one another and your neighbor. Caesar was asking for an honor he was not owed. He was asking for worship. He was asking that you would obey him and not God. Peter, St. Peter, mirrors this exact language in one of his epistles later in the New Testament. He also was not telling you to obey government no matter what, because Todd, what happened to him? Uh, yeah, crucified upside down. Why was he crucified upside down? Because he uh, didn't... The same reason as Paul. Yeah, because he would not give government honor it was not owed. He would not give Caesar honor he is not due because Christ commanded them to do what? Render unto Caesar that what is Caesar's, but render unto God that which is God's. Worship is not rendered unto Caesar. The state is not God. So what session, the argument Sessions was making there is not right. And let me also say, because I just did an entire 10 minutes on Facebook destroying leftists for hatching, up, hatching, hatch, hatching away at the scriptures for their immigration positions, to my fellow conservatives, be very careful going down this road yourselves. For you live in a country, a bunch of people settled in that they weren't invited Okay? Now, I happen to like the way it turned out because I'd rather be on the internet than trading wampum. Can I get a second? I'm there. What would you rather be doing here? All right? Uh, Going the Incredibles 2 or hunting buffalo. Aaron, you're up. What would you rather do? Oh, boy. Tough call? I make coffee tables for fun, so... (laughs) Just... I know. As soon as I got out of here, I'm like, oh. Aaron's thinking, take me back. Take me back, man. Take me back. He's wearing animal skins right now, Steve. So I'm perfectly fine because I think Western culture is superior to Native American culture. I'm glad the way things worked out. And God has shined his grace upon thee, correct? That's why we're still here 300 years later. But be very careful about throwing Bible verses around out of context when you're trying to conserve a country whose legacy was founded by people who came here uninvited by the natives. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's like, uh, I mean, Donald Trump hasn't shed a tear about this issue. And as we can see from uh, the Gospels, Jesus wept. Donald is not being Christ-like. Yes. He's not Yeah, here's the bottom line of the Facebook we today. It's very difficult to come up with specific public policy proposals for a free people in the 21st century exclusively or explicitly from the Bible because it wasn't written as a civic public policy textbook. Okay? That's not its intention. It has a general moral framework of what's best for us and how to govern ourselves regardless of what kind of government we live in because we're made in the image of God and this is God's plan for our lives. Okay? But beyond that, it doesn't, don't, it doesn't really know what your zoning law has no real take on that. That's not its intent. 
And not okay. to mention when it is way more obvious than in this case, i.e. marriage and abortion. And we just throw that out the window and you make fun women. of exactly. things from your you imaginary hate, God. You well, you can stick God, it where the yeah. sun don't shine. That, you, th- that's why my number one point on our Facebook, if you go watch it today, my number one point is, except no interpretation of what the Bible says from anybody ever, never, ever, never that rejects the, the, the supremacy of God and his word, period. Yeah. I tweeted this weekend, the Bible is always authoritative if and only if it's taken out of context. <laughs> yes. I mean, when that MSNBC... In the way I prefer, oh, in the way I prefer in though. The way I prefer. In, the, in the way I prefer, yeah. yes. When that MSNBC guy got up there, like, with with the Bible in hand, like he was at the lectern and at his local his, church. I've got a bachelor's in theology, <laughs> which is sort of oh, like his... Man. I've got, well, I've got a black friend. That's he, essentially he says, that the liberal says, version of that, I, right? No, his, he said, quote... I have a bachelor's degree in religion. Religion, that's what it was. Not even theology. Religion, yes. Right. That, that's, that's Archie Bunker saying, I've got a black friend. <laughs> okay, come on, man. So this, come on. Which remark, so so next, next time, the, the, the most well-respected pastor and or priest who's gone to seminary for eight years comes in and drops some theological knowledge to this guy, you think he's, well, gosh, we must listen to him. Yes. Listen. Right. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it works that way. No, right? No. There's there's plenty of hackery going around here, but it's important, particularly because we're entering into a time now where we're going to have to practice civil disobedience. When we had the Supreme Court deciding last week whether it was still okay for you to live your life as a Christian or not, right? That's yes. essentially what we were deciding. Yes. So we're at the point now where once they're deciding it, that means you're close to the time when they may decide not so much. So. Um, That's what's and, and then they're going to look at us guys and they're going to quote Jeff Sessions and say, well, Romans 13 says to respect the civil government and yeah. we don't want you living out yep. your Christianity anymore so you have to respect us. That's not what yeah. it says. It doesn't say the state is law or the state is Lord, I mean. That's not what it says. It says the Lord is the Lord. That's what it says. And respect, respect the state while it's submitting to the Lord. When the state urge, calls for you to do what the Lord says is wrong, you are to obey God and not man. Say, St. Peter that writes this in an epistle looks at the religious authorities who told him to stop preaching Jesus and said, they were a political body, by the way, and he looks at them appointed by the Roman government, and he looks at them and says, we won't do that. We will do what God says, okay? So but the, the Facebook thing today, we'll have much more on this, so check it out. One more issue I want us to get to, Aaron. This is an apple. Some people might try to tell you that it's a banana. Here's a tweet from CNN. He gave birth, he breastfed, now he wants his son to see him as a man. I'll see myself out. I, I don't know... I'm I'm really I've I've done a lot to encourage people not to throw babies out with the bathwater in the last few years. You know, Jake Tapper was all over the IG report last week, and he was 100 percent right on the money in his reporting on that. And he works at CNN. But if you're at, at the point when you hear that, when you hear, when you see a, a network talking about men can give birth and breastfeed, and there's not even a, a there's not like quotation marks. It doesn't even say trans men. Like, you know, there's no, there's no qualifier at all. I, I, I don't blame any of you. You, you. you know what? You have my permission now that you asked for it. I don't blame any of you when you look at that and you just say, you know what? I simply, no matter who the voice is, I just can't take that brand seriously on any level from a media, journalism, truth-telling standpoint. I just, I, I'm, I'm out. I just, I can't. That's just... I, 
you're so institutionally far gone that even if I keep giving Jake Tapper the benefit of the doubt, that's one hour a day and an entire block of programming. And when he goes away, then what, you know what I'm saying? It's not, I, I, I don't blame anybody who just looks at that and says, we're done here. Yeah, because you you hate, and we also ultimately, all of this comes back to a hatred of God. Yep. So you hate God so much that you are uh, threatening uh, both, you know, shaking your fist at the imaginary guy who doesn't exist with crap like this. Yep. Yet in the next breath, you open up your Bible and lecture us about immigration. You, yes. You, you're fools. You're utter fools. Yes. Yeah. Final thoughts, Aaron Todd, quickly. Uh, let's see. Today's today's show, you'll, you, you won't want to miss that. We've already promoted that. Uh, but as far as what we can learn from... Uh, just dialogue and discourse in our country from over this weekend. There is absolutely no attempt from vast majorities, at least online, at having any substantive discourse, dialogue. The, uh, the, the prefix of those two words are what? Die. Mm. Die. Two. There's only one. There's only monologuing. There's only cursing the darkness. Uh, there's, uh, there, there's no attempt at actual dialogue. Yeah, a lot of our. Yeah, con- I disagree with you, Todd. <laughs> yes, a lot of our conversation today pretty much uh, just codified uh, Steve's default setting that he really kind of etched in. So last week, it's only etched deeper. Uh, we don't know. Well, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And if you haven't done so yet, can you click subscribe there on Stitcher or iTunes? Leave us a positive review if you have time. Those help us to get the word out. Many of you have already done so. Thank you so much for doing it. We greatly appreciate it. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you. 